Hi, everybody. I'm Gus Johnson along with the governor. He says he got all his jeans from his mom. From his mom. A lot of nylon. A lot of excitement in the air. Yes. And we're ready for college basketball. College basketball. Oh, oh. What's up, everybody? Week one of the Big East Barroom Off-Season Edition. The Big East is national champs. Happy April 4th to all those who celebrate. Ryan, how hungover are you? Some people say they might have spotted you trashing stores last night. <laughs> um, Yeah, the barroom was lively last night. Um, I believe the deal finally with my girlfriend was we would leave your house at 2.30 in the morning. Is that correct? 2 a.m. I finally had to say we have to get a cutoff time. <laughs> there was champagne. There was beer. There were shots. There was a lot of celebrating going on in the Big East Barroom to celebrate what a historic victory, a historic run for the Yukon Huskies. And we did a good job of not drinking much during the game. And then... The the lid just came off for the after the game. So, you know, I was glad we got to celebrate. I was glad we got to enjoy it. And man, UConn made it fun down the stretch. And we're going to get into UConn a lot more later in the show um, and talk about, you know, that national championship, kind of get into the run, maybe put it in a little bit of perspective, you know, of what that means for the Connecticut, uh, you know, I was going to say franchise, but that's kind of what they are now, the Connecticut franchise. So, Ryan, we are going to be talking in a different order today because we're going to do a little bit of a state of the union, a little where are we right now with these teams? Um, Ryan might be filling me in on a few things because he's got a, that transfer tracker going. And um, we're going to just talk about where we're at with this, you know, the the offseason. The offseason in college basketball didn't used to be this exciting. And now we're talking about players portaling. We're talking about coaches changing in conference we're talking about players coming and going, and this is just going to be an opportunity. Like, if you're not caught up on it, if you're not on all the Twitter stuff, hopefully we can kind of bring you in, and that's going to be our off season. We'll do some fun stuff. Um, we're looking forward to just throwing out as much content as we can over the off season. Yeah, absolutely. We might not be weekly, depending on what the news is. If there's something that you know really needs to get talked about, we'll try to get an episode out. But we'll definitely be around during the offseason, so make sure you follow us on Twitter, follow us on Spotify, get those notifications when a new episode comes out, and uh, follow along with the offseason. It's a long offseason for college basketball, but it's the best sport in the world, so we will uh, make it through this long offseason, all of us together. And, and go check out our Instagram. We have people that work really hard on that, and we know that you know we hate to plug ourselves, mm -hmm. but if you check out the Instagram and the Twitter and all this stuff, the more that you guys do, the more access it gives us, actually. We've built this just on you guys being incredible. So the more times you're on that, you know, it gives credence to what we're doing. People see it, you know, players see it, and they're like, all right, well, this isn't a, a an account with 20 followers. You know, we have, you know, we've grown by four times the amount this season. So give us that like on Instagram. Give us, you know, talk it up, do whatever you can. And then, we'll, you know, you're going to get your favorite player on eventually. That's what's going to happen. Hate to be that guy, but that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to um, jump right into this. We're going to go through every team of the Big East as we normally have throughout the season. Um, and we're going to do this in the reverse order of most 
players in the transfer portal to least players in the transfer portal, or you could call it the biggest rebuild to the least rebuild. Um, and right now there is a tie for the most players in the portal between Georgetown and St. John's. Tyler, do you have a preference who you want to start with? Let's talk about Georgetown first. Um, Ryan, I think it'd probably be best if you ran through the transfers um, that are in the portal as of April 4th, just so people kind of have an understanding if they maybe, you know, miss some stuff over March Madness. What a blessing. I appreciate you offering me that. I'm going to put two and a half on the clock, and then we're going to come over, and we're going to read to you who's on the Georgetown transfer portal. You have Den- Denver England. You have Malcolm Wilson, who was at one point a team manager this year, and then he got the scholarship. He has officially transferred to Queens University of Charlotte. I thought he went to Appalachian State. Queens? No, Appalachian State is Miles Tate from Butler. Gotcha. Keep going. You have Jordan Riley. You have Primo Spears. You have Deontay Bass. You have Brandon Murray. You have Bradley Ezawiro, and you have Kudis Wahab. But if you're Georgetown – and you're looking at this, and I'm not trying to be, you know, it's not an indictment on Cooley. We can't say anything until Cooley coaches a game. But some of these players, it really sounds like they're not getting second waivers and are willing to sit out a year to get out of that Georgetown um, environment. It It's questionable what's going on there. I think at minimum, at maximum, it's concerning. Would you know? No, see, I completely disagree. Um, I believe that Cooley had really serious conversations with some of these players. He knows these players, right? He's it's an intra conference transfer for Cooley, so he actually is very familiar with these players. It's kind of different than you know Rick Pitino coming into St. John's. Um, I think Ed Cooley knows some of the discipline issues that Georgetown had, he, he could see it, some of the effort issues. He knows which players were problematic, and I think he made it very clear which players were welcome back or which ones were. I'm not saying that that goes for everybody in the portal, but there are some names in there that I think, uh. You know, Cooley is an effort and toughness guy first, and he knows some of these guys didn't uh, show that last year. And what's the one name you didn't read off that isn't not in the transfer portal right now? Is it effort and energy guy that Georgetown has, a cook-a-cook? Yeah, you never have to question his effort and energy. Ryan Matumbo also hasn't joined the transfer portal. He probably won't because he's a legacy at Georgetown. Um, you have to imagine he will stay there. Um any other big names that haven't entered the transfer portal from Georgetown? Not that I can think of. No, Primo just came out with his top four. That's the thing that kind of got me interested. When we're doing talent evaluation, we, you know, if Primo Spears was transferring down or making a lateral transfer, I'd be like, all right, well, maybe there's a good chance Primo Spears is transferring to a better or a more respected conference like the Big 12. He's Kansas is looking at Primo Spears. I mean, these are people who are excellent at evaluating talent and they see something in Primo Spears. That was the one that I was kind of like, if he's willing to sit out a year and Cooley doesn't think he can get the talent out of him. I, I question that a little bit. And Brandon Murray's rated as the fifth best transfer prospect right now at 247. I just want to be clear. Um, the best conference in the world is one with the national champion. So I'm going to throw that out there. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We won't know until next year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you're going to have to tell me when that bell rings because I already told you I'm having a hard time with your audio on that. So, Oh, I got you. Yes, the bell has gone off. Um, if you couldn't hear that, listeners, it has gone. So we will, we're going to move straight over to St. John's. So I'll put two and a half on the clock and then I'll run through their eight transfers. Go for it. That's the whole team pretty much. Raphael Pinzone, who has officially transferred to Bryant. You have Omar Stanley. You have AJ Storr. You have Colby King. You have Dylan Adaiwusu. 
You have Pasha Alexander, you have Andre Corbello, and as of today, you have David Jones. Same, not same thing. Um, it's bothered me a little bit the way that Patino has gone about some of his semantics and talking about getting rid of players. Um, we we at least fake that we are college athletes, um, student athletes, and therefore, you know, think about how hard it would be if somebody told you midway through your sophomore year of college that you had to leave um, and you can no longer pursue your program um, or your degree. I understand that's not the reality of the situation for a lot of these players, but if these are student athletes, we should treat them as such. Um, but, you know, he's going to build it around Joel Soriano. That's what he said. He's going to build his – he named him the captain day one. Posh Alexander is interesting to me. Posh Alexander, every single person talks positively about Posh. He is a culture guy. He is a defensive-minded player that played for St. John's. I get it. He has some um, lackadaisical, you know, plays. But I'm I'm shocked that Posh put his name in the portal. I thought Patino would be the exact right guy for him. Yeah, I agree. Rick Patino's famous for running the press. Posh Alexander's the kind of guy you want uh, heating up ball handlers at the top of that press. Huh? He, he would be fantastic in that role. So I agree. Um, Rick Pitino, or supposedly what came out, Zach Brazzler, who does a fantastic job covering St. John's, said that Posh was given the opportunity to come back, but he, with the expectation that he would buy fully into the Rick Pitino system. Perhaps their personalities didn't mesh very well, Posh and Patino, and it made Posh feel like he didn't really want to completely buy into that system. I don't know. That's complete speculation. I have no inside information there. But Posh did leave open the opportunity to come back to St. John's. He's the only person who specifically did that. And and I wonder if this year of the portal, you know, year two, as we get a little more familiar, what seemed like it happened is there's no problem going into the portal. If you want if you find out your coach is leaving, you might as well throw your name in the portal just to have that door open to, for you. So I wonder if some of these players are just going to throw their names in. Patino said, you're going to have to full, buy fully in. And he said, hey, I'm going to go get re-recruited and I'm then going to make a decision again. You know, kind of like Seamus Lakosius did last year where he got re-recruited by Thad Mata and decided Butler was the spot for him. Now he's leaving, but you know what I mean? Like, I just wonder if the portal is going to be a little bit different this year. And we might see more players enter and then exit the portal like Jaden Pierre. Yeah, honestly, if you want to keep your options open, it seems to be the smartest thing to do. There's not much downside, right? Like you get to hear everybody else's pitch to you legally because we know that's going on behind the scenes. But you get to hear it openly and legally. And, uh, you know, you can still go back to where you are currently. So, I, yeah. I mean. I think a lot of these guys will declare for the draft too while maintaining college eligibility. Cause why wouldn't you go get the scout and figure out what you need to do better at the next level Enter the transfer portal, do it all, figure out what's best for you. And you can always go back home as long as you make a decision in a timely manner. Yeah. Notably that's exactly what Kudis Wahab did from Georgetown. The two time transfer transferred from Georgetown, Maryland transferred from Maryland to Georgetown. He has entered the transfer portal. He has entered the NBA draft and he has preserved his college eligibility. So he has all three options open right now. We'll um, see what they decide. So that means we will move over to Butler with the next most transfers. They have six transfers in the portal. So I'm going to put two and a half on the clock. If I can figure out how. There we go. And then I'm going to read you who they currently have in the portal. is Chuck Harris, Pierce Thomas, Jaden Taylor, Miles Wilma. Miles Tate and Seamus Lukosius. 
while Manny Bates is also declared for the NBA draft as well. Yes, and he's playing in the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament. That was just announced. Um, That is one of the premier tournaments for NBA scouts before the G League and NBA Combines. Pretty... I don't think a single person who had left open their option to come back last year and played in the PIT came back. That usually is a sign that you have changed your focus. Well, I, I, I'm a notorious Butler um, doubter. I don't think Butler is um, headed in the right direction. I, but does it matter that they unloaded a team kind of like Georgetown that they're redoing a team that hasn't won anything and has been pretty much a bottom feeder in the big East. I mean, what those guys want? I'm I liked those players as individuals. It's nothing against them, but their team won like what eleven games in Big East play over the last two years. It's tough. I don't really remember um, Thad Mattis Ohio State teams. I watched Greg Oden, but you know they weren't in our conference. I didn't watch them that closely. I don't know what he wants exactly. I believe he wants a big man. Actually, they got a – I don't know if you saw this. They got a seven-foot center from Bucknell today. He is I did see that. Junior Andre Screen. So, um, definitely a big transfer up from Bucknell into Butler, into the Big East. But we'll see how that goes there. Um, you know, I think Matt is looking for some big men. I don't know what he wants to surround him with. Lukosius and Taylor seem to have a lot of talent to not be able to work them into your system. Uh, and the fact that I mean, maybe Lacoche is going to do this every year. He's going to put his name in the portal and then come back. Um, you know, see what if see if the greener grass is out there. I'm uh, but I don't. You're talking about the way that Butler played. You know, the cynic in me is sitting here going, "Well, they had a generational talent come through, and that made them look." You know, it's really easy. I tell you all the time. I don't think Jim Beheim's a good coach. He had a generational talent come through that won him his tournament. I get it. Nobody wins without talent. I'm not trying to say that. But at the same time, I wonder if Butler just can't attract the type of recruits Matt is used to, and therefore Matt will be exposed as not being the best head coach. You know, I think Matt is done. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'm a Butler. I'm a Butler doubter. All right, guys, clip that. Okay. You got to clip that. And when they win a national tournament next year, we'll play it on repeat. Butler, it's coming. It's coming. You better get us now. It's coming. All right. So then we are moving to either DePaul, Xavier, or Creighton. All of them have four players in the in the portal right now. You got to pick there. Yeah, let's go DePaul because they have the most impactful players, I would say, in the portal. No offense to the other guys, but they have starters that are leaving their team. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. They have Ahamad Bynum, who was a red shirt um Freshman guard was a four-star recruit, was very highly rated recruit. He didn't get much run. Philmon Gebrowit, Deshaun Nelson, and as of today, Max Williams, who was a walk-on, has now entered the portal. So the two big ones there are Nelson and uh, Gebrowit. You kind of looked at Nelson and you were like, this could be a guy we're building a culture around. Um, What we've been told is that the big boys came calling again, quote, unquote. Um, Ohio State, um, LSU, Texas Tech, I believe, Oklahoma, um, that those teams came calling. And Deshaun was like, you know what? I'll put my name in the portal. I don't know the direction DePaul's going in. And at this point, and this is a Tony Stubblefield podcast, right? This is how it started. <laughs> I I think that if it doesn't turn around this year, Stubblefield is done. 
That's my hot take to go into the offseason, other than Butler's toes, too. What is the minimum he has to do to retain his job? Stay out of the bottom three in the Big East. I think that's a fair point. I think unless you can point to really serious signs of progress and moving in the right direction, I wouldn't be surprised to see them part ways with him if they have another bad year. And especially if they have like a really bad year, you know, Georgetown potentially might no longer make DePaul look good in comparison, you know, with Cooley now. So it it could be really ugly. We loved watching Deshaun Nelson play basketball. He's one of the most fun guys. Um, He's a guy that can hit threes and hit ridiculous dunks, um, scores from all over the place. So we'd love to see him stay in the Big East. We'd love to see him go back to DePaul, and we'd love to see Stubblefield turn things around and have a fantastic season. Yeah, I just wonder when Stubblefield being a nice guy just eventually runs out. you got to win games. Um, what have we seen that shows that they have the foundation to win games? We haven't. They, they're bringing in band-aids every year. Like Emoja Gibson, one of my favorite players to watch last year, he was a band-aid. He is a perfect player to go play. He was like a Sule Boom. Like you bring him in as the last piece of a puzzle to bring him over the top. You don't bring Emoja Gibson in and say, this is our foundation now because he just can't. No, I agree. I think that's beautifully said. And it's such a difference between Miller and, and Stubblefield there. Um you know, Miller, well, Miller didn't build the team, but um, difference in how they used Boom and and, uh, and Gibson there. So I think that's really well said. We will see. Can you point to anything in Tony Stubble, that, anything that you can say that's Tony Stubblefield's culture? He likes running up and down the sidelines, and he's um seems like a guy I would like to play basketball for. That I don't I I outside of him being a nice guy, what the heck am I gonna say? He hasn't. The team doesn't play defense. The team is pretty good offensively. It has some uh isolated uh scores that could score in isolation. I I just don't. Yeah, I'm. I don't think they're as lost as Butler. I'll say. Let me just keep roasting Butler today. If Michael DeRose is listening, I'm so sorry, Yuli. If you're listening, I I think DePaul is more of an identity than Butler right now. Let's say that. No, but I, stuff- I strongly disagree. I completely disagree with uh, that take. What I is Butler? Is in, I think Butler's in much better shape. First off, they have Greg Oden as an assistant coach. They got Thad Matter, who's a. I don't. Know, is he a Hall of Fame coach or you know he's? he's Everybody gets very. Very widely highest, uh, you know, highly esteemed coach. I think Butler's in much better shape. I think DePaul's is pretty worried. Uh, no, give me DePaul. Thank you, though. Final answer. All right, let's move over to let's go to Xavier here. No, let's go to Creighton. I, I like. We're gonna go to Creighton. You okay. tell me what we're doing. All right, got two and a half on the clock, and I gotta find the Creighton Blue Jays have. Four people in the portal. They are John Christophilis, Xander Yates, Sharif Mitchell, and Ben Stolzberg as of today. Brian, are we a breaking news podcast? No. Do we try to be? No. You want to know the the rumor that I was told today? What? Someone outside of who we already think is leaving. So follow that. Follow that logic. Yep. Is also leaving from the starting five. Of Creighton to the NBA. Oh, well, there's two guys. Yep, your your dream come true, two guys. (laughs) (laughs) There's two guys who we don't believe are leaving. Um, I'll just say that they bookmark the starting five, front and back. Same Um, name, you would say. Yeah, 
So that's an interesting suggestion. That's not something I've heard. I personally have some, you know, you keep your ears open and I have some beliefs about one of their other guards who has more eligibility, um, potentially declared for the NBA draft. We're not worried about any of these transfers leaving. It is like, um, by the way, I don't want to get on a soapbox here. Sharif Mitchell is the exact reason that this transfer portal needed to be fixed, kind of, because that kid did three years at Creighton, didn't play, has every right in the world to go play basketball somewhere else. He tried it in his hometown. It didn't work. He did it the right way. He tried to build up, build up. He's not one of these guys that got impatient. I'm so happy to watch Sharif Mitchell wherever he goes. I hope he lands on his feet like Jalen Gaffney did this year at, you know, a Final Four school. Um, I just wanted to get on that soapbox quickly to just praise Sharif Mitchell and his patience and his dedication to the Big East um, because, man, you know, that's the way – that's why the portal was invented and we're just kind of abusing it now. Yeah, I, I agree completely. He was a backup point guard to Marcus Zagorowski on their Sweet 16 team. He showed great flashes. He gets injured. Um, Ryan Nemhard has a breakout season, ends up as freshman of the year. And Sharif Mitchell's spot kind of got taken there. Um, but he contributed this year. He was engaged. He, he had important moments for them. And then at the end, he says, love you guys, but I want to play basketball. You can't fault him. No. So, I mean, if Creighton brings back three of the five um... – we're still talking about a top 10 ranked team, you think, right? Three of the five. And we're going to assume one of them's Cockbrenner. No, I don't think it's a top 10 team. Really? I'll say top 20. I don't think that's top 10. All right, right. Who is the next uh, X? Yep, we're going to the Xavier Musketeers. They've got four guys in the portal. Those four guys would be Deontay Miles, Cesar Edwards, Elijah Tucker and Kiki Tandy. And as of today, they have landed a transfer from Indiana, Logan Duncombe. So that is their current state in the portal. I believe Duncombe played nine games in Indiana last year. Um, when you're playing behind Trace Jackson Davis, you are not going to see a lot of minutes. Um, good for him getting out. Xavier kind of same boat as Creighton, in my opinion. But two people you did not mention – um, Colby Jones declared for the NBA draft. It does not sound like he is interested in maintaining his college eligibility. Good for him. Go get paid, young man. You deserve it. And Sule Boom is out of eligibility. So, and Kunkel. And Kunkel is out of eligibility too. We're awaiting decision on Jack Nunji. Um, and then we, and Jerome Hunter and Zach Fremantle. So we have three people to make decisions. I, I don't know. I'm looking at Xavier and I'm going, you got to hit a home run in the portal right now. Yeah, I do think these transfers are a little more impactful than Creighton's because Cesar Edwards and, and Kiki Tandy were able to play minutes for this team and were able to play important minutes. And they were, uh, you know, especially Cesar Edwards was a younger guy. Um, you know, you would have loved to see him grow into a role on that front court where he could have uh, really, you know, really contributed significantly. He had a really nice freshman year, and then this sophomore year wasn't as good as we were all hoping for. Um, so he has decided to leave go ahead you wonder if he looks at it and goes jerome hunter zach Fremantle, where are my minutes coming from at a certain time um they return desmond claude that is going to be he is going to be the hot name that everybody is going to be talking about people are going to be I'm, i don't confuse this with they play the same game but people are going to be looking at a very jordan hawkins-esque jump desmond claude averaged about five six points a game just like jordan hawkins did his freshman year you're going to be looking at 
people talking about this guy, like he's going to be on 20 top 25 lists of breakout players, right? Like that's what he's going to be coming into next season as, and the team's going to kind of go as he goes, um, but they're going to have a different identity next year. You don't have that same starting five. That was so lethal. Yeah. We'll see, you know, if Nunji comes back and Fremantle come back, maybe you just try to put a couple guards around them and win right now versus, well, I mean, they've also got some really nice recruits coming in. They've got three, four-star recruits, I believe. Yeah. Um, including Reed Ducharm, who is the brother of help me Caroline Ducharm? Yes, he is. Of UConn? Yes, he is. Um, he is joining the Xavier Musketeers next year. Congratulations, Xavier, on your national championship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, people have I, – I don't – very quick, you can give a yes or no. People have Xavier in their way-too-early polls. I want to talk about way-too-early polls later in this episode, but – um. People have him like in the 25 or lurking. Is that just respect to Sean Miller or am I missing something? Ooh, that's a great question. I, I like Trey Green, the incoming point guard there. Uh, I mean, you already have Claude. Maybe you move Claude over to the two. Claude probably can play the two, although he's probably best as a one. So I don't – yeah, I'd say that's just respect to Miller. I don't personally see it. I don't either right now, and I agree. And I coming from someone who was Xavier's biggest fan this year. Well, listen, if they go out and get LJ Cryer and Kirk Chrissa out of the transfer portal, then all of a sudden, I'm I'm not saying it's not. There's no path to it. I'm just saying, bring in Jaden Epps and like that. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah. As the team is currently constructed. All right, right. Who's next for teams in or players in the portal? We're moving over to the Marquette Golden Eagles, who have three players in the portal. Those would be Imarion Ellis, Kian Itijer, and Tyler's favorite player in the world, Zach Wrightsell. Go ahead. For those who don't know, I um, tried to buy a Tyler, Tyler Kolick shirt. Ended up getting sent two Zach Wrightsell shirts, so I hope that money stayed with him still. Um, I don't know how much we want to talk about the uh, guys who are leaving. Listen, they're probably great culture role guys. I'm not going to say anything negative about anyone on their way out, but the decisions for Marquette and where their future lies is what does Omax do in terms of the NBA and what does Oso Iguodara go in the NBA? Everything I've heard, when did this become a speculation podcast? (laughs) Everything I've heard from the source I have, that's so stupid to say, we don't have sources, but we just have people we talk to, um, has said that they are, Oso and Omax are going to declare, so don't be surprised. They're going to declare and they are going to hear what the other NBA teams have to say. And then there is a, I've heard a 90% chance that Oso comes back and 50-50 that Omax comes back. Yeah, I mean, Omax has a potential NBA game as of today. He has great length as a wing. He um, He's not the best defender in the world, but playing in Shaka Smart system, he understands defensive principles and, and expectations. And uh, he can shoot the ball a little bit. He has good explosiveness. He's got great length. Um, he is a 100% of potential NBA player. Also, Iguodaro needs to develop a jump shot if he wants to make it in the NBA. But you can never fault a kid for going and, and listening to the NBA scouts and getting as much information as they can and then, you know, using that to better themselves. That's exactly what we should be encouraging people to do. And Tyler Polly did the same thing. I just don't – I want to say, like, how, when people say declare for the draft, it just, I think, has a stigma where you're you're gone. Tyler Polly did that before his last year in college. Like, people just want to say – you know, we they just want to figure out the areas that NBA teams are looking for them to work on. So I'm not Julian saying anyone Champ- should be. Julian Champagny did it for St. John's the year before he went pro. Baylor Shireman did it last year. 
there, I mean, there's a long list of Big East players who have. I don't uh, want anyone to get confused and say because when Oso doesn't go, to, you know, go to the actual NBA draft and say, well, they said no. I'm not saying that he's doing that. He's going to declare for the NBA draft while maintaining his eligibility, is what I'm told. Yeah, in your return, you you're probably returning Tyler Kolick unless something you know something I don't know. I don't know that. Um. You are returning Tyler Cook. Let me be clear. That I, I've I've not heard anything to the contrary. Stevie Mitchell, uh, David Joplin. I mean, you want to talk about a top ten team next year? I don't see any reason Marquette is not a top ten team. They have Marquette, and I have some of these way too early. Again, I can't believe I'm talking giving credence to this at one or two. So I'd love to see that. And you bring back Tyler Kolek. Uh, he's going to have to find a new chip on his shoulder. But we know Mr. Kolek, and he is going to figure that out for sure. Absolutely. All right, and that just leaves a couple teams with two transfers in the portal each. Uh, we could do Seton Hall, or we could do Providence. Uh, let's do Seton Hall because I think there's a more interesting conversation around Providence. Yeah, there's interesting conversations with Seton Hall. What are you talking about? I just think that. Okay, go ahead. All right, so the two players in the portal for Seton Hall would be Trey Jackson, your stretch five, and Tyree Samuel, you're not stretch five. Um, what do you think about those two? I, you're looking at a team that probably has like a top I, I this is going to be I'm changing a lot of things but out of their you know the last few teams we've talked about they have the most impactful players in the transfer portal um you know obviously Georgetown and St. John's have the most and therefore the most impactful but Trey Jackson and Tyree Samuel especially Tyree Samuel were so important to that team this year um Tyree Samuel another guy who just used the portal the right way he's like Hey, dude, I'll play out of position for a full year, but like I need to like figure out what I'm gonna do, like <laughs> um, if I'm gonna play professionally. Um, so I need to see what Seton Hall is gonna bring in. Shaheen Holloway has a culture; we can say that for sure. They lose Casey Nadefo as well. I'm interested to see what they what they decide to do in terms of portaling, in terms of bringing in freshmen. What kind of players are gonna be bringing in? Yeah. Also, Alamir Dawes has an outstanding decision, a fifth year eligibility decision. Um, so that he'll, we're still waiting on that news. Um, he doesn't have any incoming recruits as of today. So unless he's looking at some late recruits who haven't committed yet, it's probably going to be full of transport transfer portal guys. And we know the kind of guy's going to be looking for hard nosed defensive players that, you know, he's going to he, listen. This team could be ranked at one point next year, because we're talking about Kadari Richmond, who is going to come in as one of the best point cards in the big East. If Alamir Dawes comes back, you're—I mean—you're looking at the foundation of the right team. I think he's probably just trying to find those. You know, he wants—he needs a shooter. They need God. They need a shooter, and they need some def, um, big men defense. Um, you know, actual big men down low. So, you know who I think Holloway would have loved to coach is Ike Obiagu, because <laughs> Ike Obiagu knew his role. Yeah, talk about a defensive-minded fellow. Six blocks, one attempted shot. <laughs> Good job, Ike. You you get to <laughs> good job. I uh, I agree. I I yeah. I don't know what to think about Seton Hall right now. My mind isn't even like made up. I can't even really comprehend them right now. Yeah, second season coaches. Um, you know he's still building his culture. He's still looking for. We don't know what his final picture is that he wants to build. So we're kind of in the dark, and we're gonna see what he puts together. Yeah. All right, right. We are moving on to. We have two more teams to talk about before the big one. Three yes. more, two yes. more before the big one. So the last team with any transfers in the portal would be the Providence Friars. They have two people in the portal. They have Jared Bynum, 
and they have Jaden Pierre, but hold on, no, they don't because Jaden Pierre has committed to Providence. Uh, yes, I don't want to. We're not a legal podcast. I don't want to f- go on this, but if we're talking basketball, and this is so much bigger than basketball, Alan Breed looks like um, or was arrested, so therefore he his future is murky. I'll say at best with the Providence Friars. Um, I think we, it's just important to touch on that when talking about a roster. I do think that directly impacted Jaden Pierre's decision um, to come back. I, again, I, I hate to you know talk about it that way, but Jaden Pierre will be the starting point guard on the Providence Friars. Devin Carter will be the two, and Bryce Hopkins will be the three or the four. That's a damn good start to a team. And then what's the guy's name? Otra Odoro. for um, Odoro from George Mason, averaged 17 points a game. Um, in the A-10 last year, and he's coming over. Back-to-back A-10, all A-10 selection. Um, Oduro, he was one of the best players in the league for the last two years. Justin Fernandez also coming over. He's kind of like a wing guard type player. Um, I don't know a ton about him. I think he's a high athleticism guy. Um, So we will see Kim English is doing work, huh? Uh, He kept Rafael Castro as well. Listen, when you get into a job like that with a team that's clearly talented, your first job is to plug the holes. The ship is sinking. That was a bad spot. And this guy came in and hit the first pitch he saw out of the park. And he's that's kind of got, he's kind of got the country's heart right now with the, the whole stuff with Jaden Pierre. And then he's willing to play Devin Carter one on one. You know, and, and I'm if you're these college kids, he's got you on an Instagram live. And other NBA players that he's buddies with are jumping in talking about like how good their coach was back in the day. Like that's a pretty cool experience for Pierre. And I, you know, I don't know that much about English. I didn't follow him at George Mason. I will not be surprised if there's a lot of people that want to play basketball for him. At the very least, we don't know how he is X's and O's yet. He's listen, you can recruit and you know, we've, we've talked, not to get into it, but about Hurley, that maybe X's and O's aren't always his strong suit, but look at what he just did by recruiting. Providence, he believes he can win at Providence. Providence that believes they can win with him. They are a top 25 team right now as stands, and that's before they hit the portal. I agree. I agree completely. Keeping Hopkins and Carter, and those two look so what a What an amazing move to keep two guys who transferred in just to play for Ed Poole. He, I mean, everything Kim English has done right now is coming up roses. You know, those two guys are not from the area. They have no deep ties. Um, and Kim English somehow convinced them to stay despite the guy that recruited them there that uh, ditched them. So that's pretty cool. All right. So that means we only have one team left. They have zero players in the portal. That would be your Villanova Wildcats. Um, so I'm going to put two and a half minutes on the clock. They, notably, they did have one player in the portal earlier this season, Angelo Brizzy, entered the portal halfway through the season. He has already committed. Uh, Davidson, is he going to be the next Steph Curry? That's what people were asking. Um, we do it. We do it. Go ahead. We do in rumor season? Well, we know Justin Moore's back. That's not a rumor. Justin Moore is back. Justin Moore went to high school with. Um, he's a big fella. He used to play in the Big Ten. He's recently joined the portal. Justin Moore is heavily recruiting Mr. Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, we have that under authority. Um, you take that with what you will. I am very excited to see what Villanova does. Neptune looks like he can recruit. I'll say that. Neptune looks like he can recruit. Um, 
mark or at least bring him transfers. And he, if you have Hunter Dickinson listening, who else do you have listening at your doorstep to? You see, I'm not ready to give that to Neptune. I think Justin Moore is doing a lot more work than um, Kyle Neptune is. And, and we actually know that Justin Moore is the one speaking directly with him. Um, so, listen, Justin Moore deciding to come back. I He's he's my pick for all Big East player of the year, preseason player of the year next year. Adama Sinogo. Give me Justin Moore. I, I would have had Justin Moore this year. I think he's the best player of what he did two years ago. He should have been first-team all-selection. Um, he's a hell of a player. And, you know, you have Mark Armstrong coming back. Chris Archidiacono still needs to make a decision. Whitmore hasn't declared yet, but we're assuming he's gone. Um, Interesting that, I will say, interesting that all these guys have committed. And I maybe Whitmore's on vacation. Good for you, Cam. You should be going to class, though. Um, what if like he he's looking at this and he's going Justin Moore, Cam Whitmore, like maybe Dickinson or or Eric Dixon as well? Like, what if he's looking at it? It's a little interesting that he has not declared when a lot of these lottery picks have declared. Uh, I don't know. There's there's plenty of guys who haven't declared yet. You know, Nick uh, Smith declared. Yeah, but didn't he declare yesterday? Brady Dick declared. I see. I see. I think there's a decent chance Whitmore declares before people listen to this episode. Well, you'll find out. Um, soon yeah, enough. If I predicted that. I'm going to take some credit. Yeah, you think Hunter Dickinson goes to Villanova? No, I don't think Villanova can. I don't know. I, I apparently Villanova does have a big war chest of NIL. Um, a, a bunch of donors who have all got together. You know, they had one bad season and they don't want to have a second bad season. But you have to imagine some of these big state schools, especially in the South or, you know, the DMV area, will have money to throw at him. Yeah, maybe he's going to play it like a true free agency, it sounds like. Or will he go and, you know, say Philadelphia is the place for me? All right, that finishes up, right? We hit all 10? God, you're the one in charge of that. I'm I'm just spitballing today. I don't even have notes today. I'm just spitting. You, they can tell. They all I'm, were. I'm spitting game. He's not doing all that. Um, I believe that's all ten. That just leaves us with the national champions. Your UConn Huskies. All right, I'm gonna put. Uh, we're gonna start with five minutes on the clock, and we'll probably go over that. But, um, wow, dream season. Five national championships in 24 years. Best college basketball program of the last 25 years. Would like not close. Like not I I listen, if you're if you got this far in the episode and you can't, we're going full UConn for this. We're going full fan. Listen, no, I'm calling it as I see it. Oh, you know? I, I'm going full fan. I don't care. Yes, they're the best team. They're the best. They've done it with three different head coaches. Mm-hmm. They have done it with different players. They have done it in different conferences. They have done it while they have been the favorite in 04, and they have done it while they've been the absolute underdog in 2014. They've done it while they've been something in between in 11 and 23. This team has shown that they can win. They have the heart of a lion, and they don't lose in Final Fours. Give me the Huskies all day long. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a really – you know, we uh, we followed UConn while they were in the American, and there was a real belief that perhaps UConn would never be able to regain that spot on top of the mountain that they held for those years. Um, 
And I know, you know, if you if you didn't if you didn't live it, you look back and say, oh, nine years, like poor guys, like they went nine years. But but it was, it was more than that, because there's a real belief that maybe we'd never get back to that. We you know, they, they went down to such depths that were kind of unexpected. And like, you know, imagine if Duke got kicked out of the ACC and had a bunch of losing seasons and it's kicked like, out. People are going to be mad, kicked out or chose to leave. Well, whatever, whatever, however you want to say. It. Imagine the Duke is. He's gone. It doesn't matter. She's not coming back. Um, so the fact that UConn, you know, it, it just cements that UConn is he's unkillable. Ryan, let's. I I and I I was with you. We were in the stands for some bad games. Which watching Wichita State was the highlight of the season. Um, I want to kind of give a requiem for this season. I want to talk about – I want to bring the picture a little bit out, but not all the way, you know, to those 24 years. Let's talk about the offseason. Everyone is not sure. This team has exited early from the tournament two years in a row. We're happy. You know, it's clearly on the right trajectory, but is Hurley the guy? Then what happens over the offseason? Russell Diggins transfers. A Cook a Cook transfers. Corey Floyd Jr. transfers. UConn continues it. They're calling it a mass exodus at UConn. We're bringing in an AAC point guard. Didn't we just leave the AAC Ryan? We're going to rely on two freshmen to be, you know, on this team. We are going to rely on a kid from San Diego who has never beat Gonzaga in his life. And we're going to bring in this Virginia tech transfer. That's what we're bringing. And we're bringing in the coaches brothers as a transfer as well. The questions around UConn were so prevalent as to whether this was the right guy. And look at what they did. And I get it. They had that five bad game stretch. And I'm going to sit here and that was ugly and it was tough. But this team from wire to wire, beginning and the end of the year, was the best team in college basketball. Yes, they had a little bit of a slump in between. But at the beginning of the year, they were the best team in college basketball. And at the end of the year, they were the best team in college basketball. See, I agree with almost everything you said. They buried UConn in the offseason when those people were leaving. They got UConn was buried. Everybody was taking their shots at, at them. Um, I don't agree that they were the best team all year. I think that they showed who they could be early in the season, and then they got a little complacent. And uh, I, I think Donovan Klingon said it after they won the national championship. He said, we called a players meeting during that losing streak. And we came together and we said, we're not playing hard enough. We're not focused on defense. You know, the intensity is not there. And I think that they just kind of took it for granted a little bit that they were going to be able to, to steamroll everybody. And um, once they got that back, I mean, the only team that beat them was Marquette in the Big East tournament um, semifinals. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this was just a culmination of everything. And I am so, as a Hurley staunch defender – I am so happy for this guy to get his due, um, for him to sit there and, you know, be a national champion. No one will ever take that away from him. I am, you know, on a personal level, obviously we are massive UConn fans. This To see Andre Jackson, talk about a more maligned player during that five-game stretch. Him and Sonogo, people are talking about benching Sonogo and Andre Jackson and letting Klingon play. What did they do? They were the two, two of the three most instrumental players in this run. I don't have words to put it, you know, what this team did. Um, they made it look easy, and I'll tell you, it wasn't easy. Here's what I want to say about Andre Jackson, right? When you're a team first guy, your stats don't tell the whole story, right? That's what we say about him. 
When you're team first, winning is the reflection of your success. And when they didn't play well, he bore that. And he got it from every side. And people were giving him the heart. Well, he's a national champion now, so what are you going to say? What are you going to say about him now? Can't, can't say anything. He has one more. He has as many national championships as Jim Beheim, um, which is huge. I I also want to, you know, I almost want to just sit here and talk about every player. I know we can't do that, but the run that Jordan Hawkins went on, um, you know, in this tournament where he was the most lethal shooter in college basketball, you know, down the stretch, um, the jump he made, that wasn't a guarantee. He was a five point a game scorer last year as a freshman. How many guys do you see that are top 50 recruits? have an average freshman year because that's kind of what it was. It was an average freshman year and then flame out and they're done. That's it. That's that they hit their ceiling. This guy's going to be a lottery pick and that wasn't guaranteed. I mean, everything that they did and every person they put in, they knew their role. They played their role. I, I'm just, you know, if UConn ran back the same team next year, I would pick them again to win a national championship. Yeah, I agree completely. You hear and what, I, did you hear what Tristan Newton said after the game? Um, how many drinks were we in at that point? No, no, I, I saw it this morning from John Fanta. Um, Fanta said, you know, people doubted you. What do you want to say? And Newton said, you know, people said maybe I'm not a point guard. People said maybe I couldn't be point guard for UConn. You know, I don't care what they if they call me a point guard. I don't care what they call me. Just call me a national champion. Better believe it. And let's do a little because uh, we did this for everyone else next year. You want to talk just a minute on next year for the Huskies? Yeah, let's do a quick minute on the uh, the Huskies. Um, the guys who are out of eligibility is Joey Calcaterra. Um, Tristan Newton has a fifth-year decision to make. Naheem Alin has a fifth-year decision to make. Um, you have five incoming recruits. Jordan Hawkins is going to go pro. It's a lottery um, opportunity. Pretty he's, pretty good chance. I uh... He's going to get paid millions of dollars next year. Um, so. Yep. He'll be gone. I'm very interested what they do at the big man position. I think there is a really uh, there is an opportunity for Adama Sinogo to say the NIL money. Well, if they can figure it out, I'm I'm hoping he's getting some of that money. I don't care if it's legal or not. Um, I I I'm hoping you know there's a chance that Sinogo looks at the NBA and says I can make as much money in college here. Um, but I really wonder what that does to Klingon. Does Donovan Klingon say? I can't be a backup. I'm too good to be a backup, which is true. Um, so I I am interested. I think it's fair to say Caravan will back. Andre Jackson has told us 50 times he's coming back, and still people are like, I don't know if he's coming back. Well, he keeps telling me, so I don't know what else to do other than say he's coming back. Yeah, with this most recent comment, I can't imagine he doesn't come back. Um, that would be pretty shocking if he said, I'm coming back unless Hurley says I can't. And then, and then he said, I'm not coming back. And does that mean Hurley said you can't come back? Yeah, that, that would be pretty strange. I mean, if he, listen, if he changes his mind, we'll root for him no matter what. But I would just be pretty shocked if that happens. Um, yeah, the Huskies are in fantastic shape. They are, they, they'll be in contention for a national title next year. Uh, yeah. If Andre Jackson, Alex Caravan, and Donovan Klingon come back at minimum, which we would say is probably the most likely scenario, um, this is the top five team in the country. They are bringing in the fourth best recruiting class in the country. And Stefan Castle, they didn't have a point guard. Well, Stefan Castle is a true point guard, and he's a number nine prospect in the country. Yeah, five-star recruit, only five-star recruit coming to the Big East next year. Can you name the last two five-star recruits to come to the Big East? Aminu Muhammad? Yep. And did they go to Georgetown as well? No, this one's easy. 
This one's easy. Yeah, he's currently on the on a roster. And he was a freshman last year? Yeah. It's I mean, I'm trying to think. Like it's not Claude, it's not Klingon, it's not Caravan. It would be Oh, it's Kim Whitmore. Yeah, there you go. Um, so over the last three years, Georgetown got one, Villanova got one, and Yukon got one. Um, which plays right into my theory about those being the top three brands in the big east, doesn't it? Yep, you're you're on that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I I mean I'm totally, I think those are the three undisputed. I think after that is when it gets questionable. Um, Big East is in really good shape for a while, huh? Big East is the best basketball conference in the country. I, I, you know, like, call me a homer, but they've won three of the last seven national titles. There's six major conferences, and we've won almost 50% of the, the titles. We should, I mean, like, mathematically, we should be getting like 15% of the titles, and we have like 40% of them. And if you go back just a little bit further and you count UConn's AAC year as a Big East year, you're winning like four out of nine. You have <laughs> like, the best coaches from the all over the country and want to coach in the Big East. You just added a Hall of Famer, one of the top ten college basketball coaches to ever coach college basketball in Rick Pitino. I mean, what? What? What is any – the only thing you can say about them is uh, they struggle with NIL money compared to the state schools down south. But have we even – I mean, other than – I don't think I think that's what makes the Big East special. It's it's not a bunch of one and done guys. It's not a bunch of coming here for the NIL money and then leaving after one year. It's a bunch of guys, and that's why we kind of like it. They stay normally. You know, you get the same core of a team, that Creighton team, that Xavier team, hopefully this UConn team, that Marquette team. They're coming back next year. That's why we're so excited already for next year. When I'm looking at the Big Twelve, going. I have no idea. Like, are the freshmen going to be good? Are the transfers going to be good? Or, like, what's going to happen? I know what the Big East is going to look like next year, and it's going to be an absolute dogfight every single night. It's going to resemble the Big Ten, and you're going to have, in terms of you're going to have teams that have, like, nine losses and, like, second place in conference. Yeah, I think the Big East is the closest conference to old-school college basketball. Nobody's quite old-school, where you all play four years and, you know – Nobody leaves and, and all that stuff. But the Big East is the closest where you have actual development. You know, you have uh, cores and you have teams that that progress and, and, and end up with, like, you know, really skilled players. Whereas if you only have freshmen ever coming in, you know, they're just not that skilled. And, you know, the, a lot of the time freshmen are fantastic because of their physicality. You know, they're going to go play in the NBA. They have, you know, people like to say uh, a young man in a grown man's body. Um, that kind of situation. But the Big East doesn't have that. Big East has like real skilled players. And and next year looks like look at the bigs that are going to be in the Big East again next year. Let's say Donovan Klingon stays. You have Donovan Klingon, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Joel Soriano, Adore. Uh, sorry, I don't remember his name again, right? Providence. Oduro. And also a Godaro. Those are five. Those five might be like if we were to do a Kareem Abdul watch, Kareem Abdul Jabbar watch. Um for centers midseason, I wouldn't be surprised if all five of them were on the list. Like that's how good. And those are the five I could think of off the top of my head. And if Manny Bates comes back, he's right in there. Um, you said Cockbrenner. I said Cock. Yeah, Cock. Cock's coming back. You said Dixon. Nope, I didn't say Dixon, and I didn't say Dickinson. No, I don't know. It's it's great to be a Big East fan. I mean, we we could we could talk our shit for you know Big East. Should be talking their shit all off season. Um, three, uh, three of the last seven national champions are from the Big East. And we run this. We run this sport. Put that in. Put that in perspective one more time. The Big Ten, 
which is a good basketball conference in terms of how many teams they bring to the tournament, name, brand, appeal. They have won one national championship since 2000. UConn has won four national championships since 2000. That's one team in the Big East. Villanova has won three since 2000. We are talking about unrivaled success. I really just want to see next year those crate. I want to see Creighton and Marquette duplicate it, go to the final four. So it's not just UConn and Villanova being the guys who do it every year. Put it in a damn 30 for 30. Well, I'm glad we were able to requiem this um, college basketball season, preview the off season. Um, Ryan's much better with transfers than I am. So what the great thing is you guys might hear the, for the first time, like I am for some of these transfers. <laughs> so we'll keep it going during the off season. We're so excited. You know, we, I don't want to pat us on the back. Look at, you know, and I don't want to sit here and be the Paul Rudd and uh, Jimmy Fallon meme right now, but look at us. I mean, we went from Ryan and I, you know, doing this as Ryan told me at a bar, we could do this. And now we have, you know, between us, 7,000 followers on Twitter. We have the Big East Player of the Year. Um, we had the last Big East Player of the Year last year on our podcast. We had first team Big East players. And that's because of you guys. You guys have given us that opportunity. Just be- And we literally are just talking college basketball. We're not – Ryan's better with videos than I am and a lot better. But, you know, we're not – we wouldn't call each other big content creators. We're not lip reading like John Boy or anything. So, um we're just so unbelievably blessed. And I know Ryan is not as emotional as I am, so it might be a little hard for him right now. <laughs> I second what he said. I don't know. We're so grateful to you guys. And, and none of this would be possible without all of you guys. Um, we do have some guests lined up for this offseason. We have some fun ideas for episodes. So definitely keep tuned. We promise we will be bringing you the best Big East basketball content throughout the offseason. Um, so definitely just keep your keep your ear open and I hope you enjoy the off season. And as always, thank you for pulling up a stool. <laughs>